Podcast Answer Man, episode number 281. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi, this is Leo Laporte of This Week in Tech, and you're listening, (laughs) you're smart, to Cliff Ravenscraft. He is the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. Cliff Ravenscraft here, and this, my friends, is the podcast about podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you have been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet recorded that first episode. There's something we can all do to take our show and our lives to a whole new level. Wait a second. Did I just say a whole new level instead of a next level? Uh, Maybe I should get one of those pre-recorded, professionally produced intros. Yeah, not going to happen. I like having my own voice, my own my own personal flair come out in uh, in the opening of the show. You get to know who I am and a little bit about me just by the way that I speak to you over the music. And that's one of the reasons why I love to do that. Hey, in this episode, I want to talk about what you're going to get so that you can determine right now at the front of the show within the first two minutes on whether or not you want to listen to this episode. It's about an hour in length and uh, I want you to use your time wisely. Uh, We all have a limited amount of life. (laughs) Uh, We all have a limited amount of time and uh, and I certainly wouldn't want you to listen to this episode if, if the topics do not interest you. So here, my friends, is what I will be covering in this episode of Podcast Answer Man. The first one is a major announcement for New Media Expo. And when I talk about major announcement, I'm talking about somebody who is coming to speak and even do something else at New Media Expo. It's somebody that I look up to more than anyone else in the new media space. I'm probably one of his biggest, most crazy fans. I listen to this guy more than just about anybody else on the planet, which is probably unhealthy, but that's okay. I absolutely am thrilled to share the announcement about who's coming to New Media Expo. If you want to find out, just stick around here for just a second. The next one is I have a question from JR, and he has a real simple question about a format for a television fan podcast. We'll get to his question, and I'll share my thoughts on TV show fan podcasts. Certainly have some experience in that. That's exactly how I got started. So I'm looking forward to that question. Won't spend a lot of time there, but we'll certainly cover the question and give you some insight. Also, I want to share with you the top 10 book, or not the top 10, definitely not the top 10, because uh, I don't have a, limit, a list of numbers of how many they are. I think it might be by five or seven uh, books that I've chosen. But anyway, a lot of people have been asking me, Cliff, what are the books that have most influenced your business decisions? The pursuits that you do in your business. What are the books that I could maybe go and pull off the bookshelf myself and have a read? And I will share with you what those top books have been. Also, I am going to share why I will not be releasing a brand new episode of Podcast Answer Man next week. I'll talk about where I'm going and why I'm going there. Also, in this episode, we are going to have another social media segment with my great friend, 
Eric J. Fisher. And I want to tell you, it is going to be a 29 and a half minute social media segment today. The topic, five Twitter tips for getting more retweets. And as a bonus, I make a total fool of myself. I actually share with you, and in fact, I go on just a little bit of a mini rant. Just a, It's kind of like an iPad mini, but it's a mini ramp. Rant, not ramp. Rant. I'm not going to be taking in, in anyway. I'm going to go on a rant. If you want to hear me make a fool of myself, probably sharing too much of whining and bellyaching and complaining about my biggest, most greatest Twitter pet peeve these days, yeah, I'm going to share it, and I go into detail, and I continue to go on and on about it for a few extra minutes than probably anybody wants to hear, but that's going to be included in my social media segment. If you want to find out what my number one Twitter pet peeve is, stick around for that, and then, of course, uh, you know, I'll, I'll close out the show with some ending announcements. That's what's going to be in this episode. Let's get right into it, though, because my my social media segment is so long, I've got to limited amount of time to get through all of these items. I want to start off with the big announcement for New Media Expo. My friends, you heard his voice at the opening of the show today. Leo Laporte is coming to New Media Expo. And, you know, if you don't mind, I am going to pat myself on the back right here. For those of you who are watching live, I I am patting myself on the back because this was no easy feat. It was not. Um, Here's the deal. Leo Laporte had openly publicly said, and I, I actually heard him say it on, I think it was uh, the Daily Gizwiz with um, Dick D. Bartolo on that show. Leo had announced to everyone, I am not going to CES. We are not going this year. We're not going to Vegas. We're going to send maybe a crew down there to kind of cover CES from the floor and they'll report back. I'm going to sit here in my studio and kind of cover it from this end. Uh, but he, you know, last year it cost a lot of money for them to go down there to set up that live stream and not to mention that just the the big crew that they took, just everything. And and I think he just needed a year to relax and just kind of take it easy and, and stuff like that. So when I reached out to him on behalf of New Media Expo, the very first response that I got to the request to have Leo come and speak is no. It was no, we're not interested. But... Being the person that I am, it was a goal of mine, and you guys know me, when I put my mind to something, I'm not easily, uh, I'm not easy to to shut down, and so I, I pursued it further uh, in, in a very, very uh, patient and, and, and in, a, in a good diplomatic manner, but I did not let it go. I, I followed up with a couple phone calls. I followed up with a couple emails, actually quite a few emails. And then a couple more voicemails. And finally, after making some uh, great negotiations and stuff like that, I can now confirm with you. It is a guarantee. And and actually, Leo's very excited. I, I, I want to let you know that the, the, he, he wasn't not interested because he just wasn't interested in New Media Expo. And wasn't he just didn't want to go to Vegas this year. That was, that's the, that was the thing. However, we made it very appealing for uh, Leo to come to Vegas and... It was also kind of, you know, just some other things came together. I know that there's some there was another opportunity that opened up. So it's not just me. There was there was another thing that was going to bring him there as well. Uh, and the two things lined up together and the fact that I didn't give up, I can now tell you, confirm to you, Leo Laporte is coming to New Media Expo. He will be there on Monday, January 7th. 
and he will be giving he will actually be in uh, the one of the keynote sessions uh, of of the event. There are three keynotes during uh, New Media Expo. Almost said blog, blog world. But there will be three keynotes, and the keynote session is where it's the only session. It's in the big room. It's in the big hall where every attendee will be, and Leo Laporte will be there on January 7th at 4 p.m., and I'm not going to talk about the format of that because there are still some negotiations with some other individuals that shall not be named at this time, Uh, but there are some other people that uh, many people will know. Uh, and have heard of before and it let's just put it this way the keynote that session with leo is going to be amazing if we get the additional people or additional person or people that we want in that it'll be like a fireside chat and leo will be hosting that uh if not it will be leo doing a solo presentation we should have those details nailed down within the next couple days but regardless leo is coming and it's going to be awesome and not only is leo coming but you guys know that the 8th annual podcast awards are coming up uh to or coming to New Media Expo in January and there is going to be an awards ceremony uh somewhere around starting somewhere around 6:30 at the Rio the same place where the conference is being held and it is being hosted by uh, the you know the podcast awards with Todd Cochran and also hosted by New Media Expo. It's going to be an official awards presentation slash cer- ceremony. And get this, Leo Laporte will be emceeing that event. So this is even more exciting. And um, as you know, the nomination process is now under review. And I hope that many of the people from the GSPN community, including the Podcast Answer Man community, have gone out and nominated the shows that I had asked folks to consider nominating. And if that's the case, with the awards going to be in Vegas this year, with Leo Laporte up there emceeing the event, um, I'm definitely going to engage my community. I'm definitely going to create some opportunities for people to be reminded on a daily basis every day for 15 days to go in and vote for our shows. So this is this is pretty exciting stuff. I encourage you if you've been if you get nominated, make this stuff happen. Come to New Media Expo. If I mean if you guys love Leo Laporte as much as I do and not I'm sure not everybody's a big Leo Laporte fan. Maybe you're not into the tech world and stuff like that and that's totally cool. But I know many of you, you are. In fact, as soon as I announced it on Facebook, there's like 21 likes. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, so now I'm going to go get my airplane tickets. You know, so it definitely worked. It is definitely going to draw a a much larger crowd. And uh, I'm just so super excited that I was able to pull that off. And not only that, but I'm a corporate sponsor for the podcast awards. And and it'll be kind of cool. I would imagine uh, that that you know my brand is going to be mentioned there from that ceremony, and uh, there could be some other additional benefits that come from having Leo come. Uh, I you know we're working out the details of of those, but uh, there could be the potential, uh, and we're working out the details. But it could be potential that some of the stuff might get streamed somehow, somewhere, some way. I that's all I'll say right now. Anyway, that's the big big news, big announcement coming from. New or coming to New Media Expo, and um, the good news is that it's not there right now. But my affiliate link for uh, New Media Expo 
will be on my website. So if you have not signed up and registered for New Media Expo, please go to podcastanswerman.com, look in the sidebar, and there will be an image where you can click on to register for the event, and I will even get a commission from you doing that if that's something that you want to do. Otherwise, you can just go to you know newmediaexpo.com, and, and I'm sure you could register directly. I don't have to get a commission for it, but if you want me to get a commission, uh, use my affiliate link, and again, podcastanswerman.com, just look for it in the sidebar. For those of you who are watching live, it's not there right now, but I will put that up before I publish these show notes. All right, so next up, question about TV show fan podcast formats. I'm going to go to JR. JR, take it away. Hey, Cliff. My name is JR Gotro from Houston, Texas, and I've got a question for the podcast answer man. Now, before I ask my question, I'd like to apologize for the slight hum that you hear in my recording. Uh, I haven't purchased the R5 yet. It's the next uh, piece of equipment on my list, so I'm having to record using my computer, which produces this hum. It's kind of annoying. Anyway, so my question is, me and my wife like to uh, watch a couple of TV shows, and just like you and Stephanie, you've created some fan podcasts on them, and uh, we're considering doing the same thing. I've talked to my wife enough about podcasting, and I think uh, she's entertaining the idea to uh, jump on board with me and and maybe at least try it for one of the shows that we watch. Now, I will say that uh, we normally don't watch the shows live. We normally watch them off of our DVR, um, and so... This is my question. It seems like you and Stephanie watch the shows, take notes, and then do your podcast afterwards. What I'm thinking about doing is watching the show, and as we watch the show, uh, we can hit the pause button and engage in our normal discussions that we normally get into based on either what's happening with the characters or the situation that's evolving in the show. So what do you think is, is best? Should we watch the show, take notes, and then produce a podcast, or do you think it would work Uh, watching the show and just using the pause button and recording the podcast as we go through the show. Uh, Lastly, I'd like to say thank you for taking the time to to, uh, produce the training material that you've done. I've purchased your WordPress uh, and your Adobe Auditions training. I'm about to purchase a Roland training, and I'd like to say that uh, your training programs or the uh, training materials you've you've produced online are just top-notch and has really uh, brought in my horizons and, and made you know me made it possible I think for me to, to start doing podcasts I'd like to t- say thanks to that and uh, I wish you and Stephanie all the best and look forward to hearing uh, your response to my question thanks again God bless all right JR thank you for the question and um, absolutely we'll answer that for you and by the way thanks for the mention of the WordPress for podcasters tutorial the Adobe audition tutorial and, uh, and and thank you in advance for considering the purchase of the uh, digital audio recorder tutorial. By the way, folks, you can find those at podcastanswerman.com slash products. Or if you look up in the header there and on our site in the nav menu, I think it says tutorials or products or something like that. But thank you so much, JR. I'm glad that those have been valuable to you. And um, yeah, looking forward to uh, seeing you inc- increase the quality of the productions that you're going to be doing. It's going to be awesome. And to answer your question about the uh, TV show fan podcast format, yes, Stephanie and I have done many TV show fan podcasts. We started out with Lost and the TV show Lost. We did Grey's Anatomy, Desperate Housewives. We did the Heroes fan podcast, uh, Doctor Who fan podcast. We've done a lot of these things. And we've done all sorts of feedback or uh, formats for the show. 
Our most popular format is where we watch the show, we, we watch the episode, we take notes, and then we come behind the microphone and go through the notes line item by line item and kind of give some thoughts. Now, when it comes to a show like Lost or one that has a little bit more of like a, a you know, a little bit of a science around it or a little bit of mystery around it and some kind of stuff where research would really help emphasize a couple things, kind of like the show Revolution, there's there's some you know, some science related to that as to maybe coming up with some theories and there might be hidden clues or Easter eggs, you know, and and sometimes it's good to do a little research and bring that stuff. And that way, the the best format is when you can actually do some research and bring some extra added value to the conversation around these episodes, because many times um, these these shows become the topic of conversation around water coolers. Now, um, what I mean by that is people go to work the next day and kind of talk. Hey, did you see what happened on insert name of show here? And then all of a sudden when you can say when somebody in your audience can say, oh, but did you see the you know, the the book that he was holding in his hand when when he when so and so walked in the room? Well, actually, if you. If you freeze that, you can actually see that the book was this. And I went on to Amazon, and if you go to Amazon and read the description, it says this, this, and this. So that actually might mean that the reason why the electric went out was this. And if you can bring that kind of value, that right there, I can tell you just from experience, those are the things people really get into. They really dig that. Now, um, what you're talking about is a little bit more of what we call an initial reaction kind of podcast. Now, sometimes the initial reaction podcast, and most commonly what Stephanie and I would do is watch the show. I might just write down a couple, write down notes of what happened, and then we just go through and just kind of talk and give some reactions to it. Uh, it, it's not, we didn't really do a ton of research. It's just like, Hey, what do we think about this? And we often come and and the important thing is to kind of just bring an opinion, you know, and sometimes, you know, to, to emphasize your opinion. And, and it's kind of fun to, to, to taunt people with, you know, how you feel and, and even to spark some controversy in the conversation, maybe even with your wife, if you guys disagree about something. Uh, Stephanie and I always talk about, you know, she really loves the relationship stuff, and I like some of the geeky technical stuff, and and sometimes some scenes totally bore me, and they and she, she's like, oh, that was the best part, you can't take that out. I wouldn't watch the show. I was like, yeah, you could take all of it out, and I'd probably be more interested, and I wouldn't fall asleep in the middle of it. Um, now, to do what you're talking about is to, during the commercial breaks, kind of pause the episode and and have conversation. You know, you're watching the episode for a little bit, then you pause, record a little bit, and say, okay, we're going to go back and watch the next segment and and watch it and pause and come back. We've even done that in the past. Um, the, let me just... And, and by the way, that's perfectly fine. It's very close to initial reaction. And sometimes there are people who, by the way, there's going to be people who really like the initial reaction kind of stuff, Those that format. There are going to be people who really dislike that. And by the way, the people who really dislike that, they're going to email you. All right? They will. They're going to email you and tell, me, that, tell you that, man, I really wish you would go into more detail. I wish you would research more and blah, blah, blah. Just be warned ahead of time. But just know this. There are going to be be people out there who will listen to you, and they're going to enjoy the format that you do choose. So know that they're you're, you're never going to make everybody happy. And just when you get into a TV show fan podcast, know that you're going to get feedback. 
and not all of it's going to be possible. So be prepared to have a little bit more of a thicker skin than than you might think that you might need when you get into this space. The other thing is, is that I want to tell you there's a big difference between how you communicate in a podcast about a TV show when you are sitting, you know, when you're when you're sitting up, you're focused, you're in front of a microphone and and stuff like that compared to sitting on the couch holding a digital audio recorder between you and your wife. And I want to tell you personally, this is my own opinion is that I don't like the idea of Stephanie and I sitting on a couch just casually sitting back and talking about something you know, it's like, oh, so this is what just happened. And yeah, what do you think about this? Oh, I don't, it, it seems so much more casual, seems so much more laid back and the audio quality just isn't the same. And, and I just don't feel like it brings enough energy for me personally. So I don't like recording from the couch. I like saying, hey, let's watch this episode, take a couple notes about what we want to mention uh, as we go through and then let's go into the kitchen or let's go somewhere else and let's hook up our equipment and let's talk, uh, it, it, you know, let, let's set aside this time and let's talk about this show. Let's give our thoughts. Let's give our opinions. And, and when you're sitting up straight, you're in front of a microphone, you just come through clearer, louder, and, and I believe that it brings a little extra value to the format. So um, for those of you who are not into TV show fan podcast, take that information and apply it to what you're doing. Um, but you know what? I, I We've done those in the past and I'm not saying we'll never do one again, uh, but it certainly will work. Here's the one thing, JR, is try it out, see how you like it. And if it doesn't work, change your format, try new things, find what works best for you. All right, next up, I want to talk about why I'm not going to be here next week. Uh, and I, by the way, there will be no episode of Podcast Answer Man next week. Uh, I The next episode will be recorded on, let me pull my calendar up here. It will not be recorded on the 25th. The next one will be recorded on November 1st and released on probably November 1st. So be prepared for that no show next week. But why? Why is there no Podcast Answer Man next week? Well, here's why because I am going out of town to the Speak It Forward conference with Kent Julian. Now, if you want information about this, I do have a direct link. You can go to gspn.tv forward slash SIF. SIF stands for Speak It Forward. So gspn.tv forward slash SIF. If I click on that, it takes me to the page, and if I look down here, it looks like you could still register. Uh, you're talking very last minute, but uh, I know a couple people did click through my affiliate link and did register, which I'm really excited to see who's there that I know. Uh, but the registration currently is $697. That's just for the event itself. That's for the boot camp. Uh, so it's $697 plus your travel expenses for your airfare. It's it's also on top of that, you have to have your hotel room. So uh, and then it does not include meals. But so why on earth would I spend this much money? And by the way, I did. I spent this much money to go to this conference. And I am paying for my own airfare. I am paying for all my own way. Why am I going to the Speak It Forward conference? Why would I invest over well over a thousand dollars 
for three days of instruction. And this is why I'm going there. Number one, I want to take my public speaking to a whole new level. You know, the people who take my podcasting A to Z course, they pay, uh, I mean, they pay about as much uh, to go through my podcasting A to Z training. Uh, Now, they don't have to travel, they don't have to get hotel, and they don't have to worry about meals and stuff like that, but, you know, people are who are willing to invest are in, in, in improving themselves and taking themselves to a whole new level, those are the people who find the most success. Look at the top 10 of most of the categories in iTunes, and I can go there and circle on the screen the number of people who have gone through podcasting A to Z or who have hired me one-on-one, and they pay that amount of money, and there's a reason why they're in the top 10. Uh, and there's a reason why I want to go and learn from somebody who is a professional speaker, who a ton of people that I admire and respect, who have influenced me in such a way that Kent Julian is somebody who is an authority in the area of public speaking. Now, also, Michael Hyatt is an authority in this area as well. And there's a good chance that I will probably go to an additional event on public speaking uh, with Michael Hyatt in the future. Uh, so, but anyway, I've chosen, you know, I knew about Kent Julian before I ever knew about Michael Hyatt. And Dan Miller had spoken about it. And and he says, Cliff, if you're ever going to go into public speaking, I, I highly recommend you do an event with Kent Julian. And that was a couple years ago. And at the time, it wasn't even a thought of mine to be a public speaker. But as you know, I did my first keynote address opening the Catholic New Media Conference earlier this year, and it is a goal of mine to become a paid speaker and have that as an added source of revenue. Uh, And so that's what I'm doing. I'm going to this three-day boot camp, and here's why it's worth just over $1,000 of my hard-earned money. Number one, I am going to learn some techniques on how to improve my public speaking. I'm sure I'm going to learn a little bit more about how to Uh, some ideas about how to improve my presentation slides. I'm sure I'm going to learn a little bit more about how to, you know, how how to position myself on the stage and how to hold my hands or not hold my hands and 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 some of the things to look out for in those areas. I'm going to I'm sure I'm going to learn some techniques about things to think about when building and telling a story and those sorts of things. The other thing that I'm very excited about is there's going to be a major focus on the professional slash business side of this. So he's going to talk about speaker fees, how to negotiate them, how to get into the speaking circuits, how to get, you know, do I sign up with a bureaus, which bureaus, who do I contact, how do I, you know, how do I actually, you know, get booked as a public speaker? So that is, that's something that I'm very much interested in. So not only am I going to, with this $1,000 plus investment, am I going to get instruction on both the speaking side, improving that, and the business side of speaking from an expert from Kent Julian, that alone would be worth it. But that's not all the benefit that I'm going to get out of this. There's another reason why this investment is so valuable to me, and that is that I am also going to be networking with other people who, guess what, are interested in investing in their personal and professional growth. So I'm actually going to be networking with some of the greatest people. You know, it's, it's wonderful to network with people at conferences 
And what's amazing is when you network with other people who are willing to spend a thousand or a thousand dollars or more for three days of improving themselves, especially when those three days are during the work week, when you'd actually have to not only not only are you paying money, but the loss of potential revenue from actually taking time off of work to attend it. I want to hang out with those kind of people. And that's why I loved going on this, you know, those business cruises with Dan Dan Miller. And that's why I love the idea of going to this. I'm going to be networking with people who are success minded and understand the value of investing a thousand plus dollars plus a couple days off of work to do this. You guys don't have any idea how much money I will lose out on just by not producing an episode of Podcast Answer Man next week. It is a significant amount of money. I can tie a dollar figure to an episode of this podcast. And so when I say $1,000, I'm talking about just the investment to go to the conference, the travel cost, but I'm not talking about the opportunity cost of not producing an episode of Podcast Answer Man and not having a live show Thursday next week and also being out of town for three of my five working days next week. So this is this is just how I think about things. But here's one additional benefit that I'm going to get, and that is I'm also going to get an education on how to run a boot camp. You know, so I'm actually, you know, I, I signed up. I went through the registration process. I looked at his website. I looked at his materials, talking about how he communicates the benefits and stuff like that. So I kind of have already received a little bit of an education there. I've received communications about, you know, the hotel fees and and a little bit about how the schedule of the event's going to work, his frequently asked questions and stuff like that. So I've already got an education about how I might do those things as well. And then, of course, I'm going to go there and I'm going to see the setup that he has. I'm going to see how he organizes each day. I'm going to see how he, you know, you know, I'm going to learn about how the, he does these sessions. And so I'm looking for the education, not just on speaking, how to improve my public speaking, how to improve or how to go about the professional business side of speaking. I'm not going to get just the networking, but I'm also going to have an inspira- inspired uh, understanding of a way that I could potentially run my own boot camp around something that I can teach. And so uh, it's a live event. I want to go to it. I'm looking forward to it. And that's where I'll be. And that's why I won't be here next week live. And I won't be producing another episode of Podcast Answer Man. And the question is, well, couldn't you just pre-record another episode? Yeah, I could. I don't have a time in my schedule to do that. I, I, I'm Believe it or not, I'm super focused and I've got my days planned out and I've just decided that, yeah, this is this quite of an investment. All right. I, I know that uh, we're going to be just over an hour now, but I do want to quickly list for you the top books that have in, influenced my business pursuits. And I'm just going to list them out. I'm not going to go into great detail about them. I'll just give you a, a, the name of the book, the author, and just a brief uh, description of why. 48 Days to the Work You Love by Dan Miller. This was the first real business book that I I purchased and it helped me understand that work, you know, getting paid is not the result of doing work that you hate. And for some reason I had this mindset that I only get paid to do things that I hate. Why else would, you know, people pay me? Uh, and and also it helped me understand that you could actually do work that you love and you could get paid to do 
what you love. And I think it was through that book where I, I kind of got the understanding of of the different elements of our person's life and how, you know, it, it's where I got the mindset of, you know, hey, it, it a successful person is the person who, when you look at their lives on a daily basis, you can't really tell if what they're doing is work or play. For Podcast Answer Man, I, this is just as much play as it is for work for me. I find this just as relaxing and enjoyable as I do it being quote unquote what I used to call work. And now when I think of work, I don't think of work in negative terms anymore. 48 days to the work you love was critical in helping me have a paradigm shift in the way that I think about work. And now I could not imagine doing work that I don't love, that I'm not passionate about. And I could never settle for less than meaningful purposeful work that taps into my greatest gifts and abilities. 48 Days to the Work You Love by Dan Miller. How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. My only regret is that I've only heard, I've only went through this book once and only in audio format. I do, thankfully, have it available on my Kindle. I have purchased it in the Kindle format, and I look forward to going through this book again. But I can tell you, when I did listen to the audiobook, I rewound section after section after section and listened to it, uh, you know, making sure that I didn't miss anything along the way. This book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, I believe is a must read for everyone, especially a podcaster who has any interest in building a community around their podcast. The next book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It took me, I think, almost two years to get through this book. It might have been longer, and that's just because I had some preconceived ideas about people who, you know, talk about new age spiritualism and and stuff like that, and, and they start talking about the ethos of the universe and the universal consciousness, and there are some things in there that you know, or he attributes to a higher power, but doesn't attribute to God. And, and I've, I've really overcome a lot of that. And I believe that all truth is God's truth and, and that there's a great deal of truth. And I, I would say that I agree with a, an overwhelming majority of everything I read about in Think and Grow Rich. I don't agree with everything. Uh, there are some things that I very much disagree with. But overall, that book has some amazing principles that I've applied to my life and to my business and to the way I think. And I can tell you right now, I am much further along in the success that I that I, I, I desired than ever before. And had I not read that book, it I would not be where I am today. I can tell you that. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. The next one, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Period. Harv Ecker, E-K-E-R. T. Harv Ecker, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. This guy is a little bit, er- well, okay, so this guy's a lot arrogant, uh, um, and and he's very opinionated, and he'll say some things that are pretty strong and stuff like that, but if you, if you can overlook some of that, and most of it's midway even further on into the book, the opening chapters on this literally changed my, my financial situation almost overnight. In fact, it did. Um, and, and, and I don't have time to go into it right now, but let me just say this, the opening of this book talks about a formula about how we feel determines how we think and how we think determines how we act and how we act determines, 
uh, our results in life. And we can actually change how we think by changing what we think. And it, it, it sounds crazy, but if you read the book, it makes tons of sense. And uh, every single person that I've ever referred this to who reads this book, they're like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have read this a long time ago. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker. Rework, W. it's R-E-W-R-O-R-K. Rework, all one word, by Jason Fried, and it's F-R-I-E-D. Great book. It's super easy. It's the easiest read you'll ever read in your life. And it had an impact because it is just so easy to read and just such amazing, different, out-of-the-box thinking about work. And I only read it once, but I remember thoroughly enjoying it. And if you've ever gone to gspn.tv slash overnight, again, gspn.tv slash overnight, my greatest, most favorite quote in the world is there. And... uh Ah, what the heck? We're over an hour anyway. The the myth of the overnight sensation. He says, you will not be a big hit right away. You will not get rich quick. You are not so special that everyone else will instantly pay attention. No one cares about you, at least not yet. Get used to it. You know those overnight success stories you've heard about? It's not the whole story. Dig deeper and you'll usually find people who have busted their butts for years to get in a position where things could take off. And on the rare occasion that it's instant success, does come along, it usually doesn't last. There's no foundation there to support it. Trade the dream of overnight success for slow, measured growth. It's hard. You have to be patient. You have to grind it out. You have to do it for a long time before the right people take notice. And oh my gosh, the Rework is a great book. It's got tons of little nuggets like that. Wonderful read. Entra Leadership, E-N-T-R-E, Leadership, Entre Leadership by Dave Ramsey, great book. Unfortunately, listened to it in an audio version, and I missed probably 40% of the the value of reading that book as a result of only listening to it once and not going and hitting the rewind button over and over again. A book that I would definitely suggest reading in, in Kindle or physical format, uh, Entre Leadership, Dave Ramsey, got, it has some great principles, especially when it comes to business. Uh, the next two books and the final two books that I'll mention um, are books that di- di- didn't necessarily uh, influence me in how I build a community online because both of these I read after the fact th- these were written after I had already been doing the principles. But these people, uh, these two books actually helped very much solidify in my mind that I was on the right track. And it helped explain why much of what I was doing was actually working. Uh, and so um, the first book I'll mention, or the one book I'll mention is Crush It. <laughs> Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk, V-A-N-E-R-C-H-U-K. Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, Crush It is one of them. And the other one is Tribes, T-R-I-B-E-S, Tribes by Seth Godin. And uh, all of this will be linked up uh, with affiliate links to my uh, Amazon account, I guess, uh, in the show notes over at podcastanswerman.com slash 281. All right, my friends, it is time to turn things over to our social media correspondent, Eric J. Fisher, who is standing by. And Eric, I understand you have some Twitter tips for getting more retweets. Is that correct? We are talking five Twitter retweet tips. Say that fast. 
Five Twitter retweet tips. Good job. I love it. Hey, so um, we'll, I'll tell you what. Let's go over how. Well, first of all, let's talk about what a retweet is. Okay. I know this well, is crazy, but just real briefly, what is a retweet? A retweet is essentially a, a way of forwarding on someone else's tweet. Okay, so basically, in, in simplest of terms. So if I see something clever that you say, and I want to share it with someone else, and I want to kind of give you credit for saying it, it's like, hey, check out what Eric just said. And yes. and basically, there are a couple different ways you can do that. You could use what we started out with, the organic, of you know, the original idea was to, old school retweet. We would copy and then paste into a new tweet everything you just said and then we would put rt colon which stands for retweet and then we would put at eric j fisher you know and, and then a space and then basically it would then be whatever you tweeted that was how we originally started this idea of retweeting yes. now today with twitter it's a click of a button and it immediately officially does a retweet yes they adopted it changed it made it official their official version is different where it shows up as an identical tweet with some kind of a, a way of marking, depending upon what client you're using, that who retweeted it, whether, you know, retweeted by at GSPN or uh, your little, uh, like a, an arrow and another arrow kind of pointing around in like an almost recycling way. And it says, um, or it ha and then it has your uh, Twitter avatar kind of overlaid or something. Yeah, and, and many times with these official retweets, and, and by the way, I despise them. I mean, I, I literally, I hate them. And and if there was a stronger word than hate that I could use in this podcast, I would. Loathe. I, 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 well, that's not even enough. Okay. I mean, it, it, Extra it, loathe. It, it, it's really bad how much Uber I don't loathe. like them. Because here's the deal. I, I, I very much control who I allow to have access to my timeline. So who can put stuff there? And then all of a sudden, every now and then, with an official retweet, I'll see a picture in, in the profile area of somebody I've never seen before, and it's a username, a Twitter username I've never seen before, and it is something utterly ridiculous and completely uninteresting to me, and all of a sudden, now it's actually something I'm thinking about. It's like, what? And then and right below it, it yeah. says, retweeted by at so-and-so. Depending upon who it's being retweeted but no depending upon who it is or no what client you're using you maybe think well suddenly how did i start following that person it does look like that sometimes so and so see how you could be thrown so and and the thing is it's like i don't like the i mean i didn't i'm not following that person i mean eric and, and i'm not you're not a you're not guilty of doing this a lot um and and in fact i've turned off retweets for everybody so i don't Good. even think i allow you to actually put an official retweet into my timeline anymore um, it, I just don't like them that much. And so what happens is if I'm interested in something that you think is so valuable, I'd rather you put it under your profile picture, your username and put RT and hey, this great person said this. And then at least I know that, hey, that's Eric Fisher talking to me about something cool somebody else said instead of putting else instead of that other person kind of talking directly at me. It's kind of mm -hmm. like referral. It, it, it's kind of like, um, yeah. it, it, you know, it's like, hey, go talk to Cliff, <laughs> you know, or hey, let me introduce you to Cliff. Yeah. And, and in retweets, and I think even in some legal cases where there's been slander and things like that, people have come to 
apply the thought of a retweet being an endorsement of what the other person said unless you write modifying text saying, I completely disagree with this. Right. So... And so here, and, and by the way, there there are some reasons, and I, have I ever officially retweeted someone? Yes, I have. Even though I turn them off for everyone else, I have officially retweeted some people, uh, or some tweets, because I know that not everybody is as anal about this stuff as I am. And <laughs> so they, do they as will you see say, them. not as you do. Exactly. I and mean, why Sometimes. would I do that? Why would I do an official retweet? And the reason why is because the the original tweets already at 140 characters, you can tell that they probably spent a good deal of time getting it down into its simplest form to fit 140 characters. And so for me to put RT colon space and at username, I'm taking out as much as 10, 15, 20 uh, characters. And honestly, what I try to do is I think the best practice is to try to further narrow down what they said and then fit it into an uh, an of what I consider an old style or a classic retweet um but I I've been known to do that and I know that's all and the thing is is it, it it's just the easy thing to do and yes. I would I would recommend against it however so why let's talk for just a second about why we retweet we why retweet should, why would we want to I retweet because I like to pass along other people's tweets that fit what I am doing with my niche or niches or my brand, personal brand, if that's what you want to use term-wise, to my quote-unquote audience. If it fits something I think they might find interesting or fits in that, then that's why I like to retweet. I also like to spread certain people's influence because I think they're doing great stuff. Yep. And so, and the reason why we would want to be retweeted by others is because, you know, it, it helps spread our influence. It's kind of, that's one of the cool benefits of Twitter and why I think podcasters should really consider this if you're not already tweeting is that, you know, you could get a message out about something, some really amazing thing that was shared in your episode and you can say, hey, oh my gosh, so-and-so said this on my show. Learn the context behind this by clicking here. And then you can put that link in. And if you have a good amount of influence in a community and you got a relationship with a lot of people and somebody like Eric or myself says, wow, I just listened to that. Oh my gosh, that's very thought provoking. I really wish other people in my community. So here's the deal. You may have, let's just say, 4,000 people who follow you on Twitter. So your Twitter message is somewhat limited in the first degree to the 4,000 people who follow you. But if I have 10,000 people who follow me and I retweet that, I can extend your message and its reach to an additional 10,000 people. Eric can do it for that. And then all of a sudden, I may have somebody in my 10,000 who has 60,000 people and they pick up my retweet. They go and listen. It's like, oh my gosh. That was amazing. And the next thing you know, they may actually take that original tweet or my retweet and retweet me. And that could extend the reach of that message to another 60,000 people. And before you know it, you could potentially, through retweeting, read your one tweet. Even though you may only have 4,000 followers on Twitter, you may effectively reach over a million people. That is not out of the question. And it's not actually not uncommon if the material is worth spreading. 
And actually, that for these five tips is kind of a pre. Uh, something I'm assuming right off the bat is before you try and attempt these five uh, tips that you do what Cliff always says, which is create can't live without content. Right. That's what's got to be part of what you're tweeting about. It's got to be good stuff. Exactly. Now, now there is the underbelly of, uh, of, I guess, maybe bad intentions for retweeting or for creating retweetable content. And that is where your goals is to do nothing more than to game the ratings of uh, your social clout score or whatever. You know, clout is certainly one place that that judges your rankings of influence. Uh, there are many others out there. And yeah. and here's the deal. When you get in and when you start playing the ranking games and stuff like that, all of a sudden you want everybody to use to use the official retweet. Because the API is giving uh, clout that kind of information and official retweets aren't even counting. So all of a sudden, if you start playing that game, here's the deal. You may say something amazing and I may spread it to 10,000 more people by using the classic retweet. And then all of a sudden, if you're playing the ratings game, it's like, oh, man, Cliff, that was such a waste. Why didn't you do the official (laughs) retweet? Because I don't like it. You know, and but, I've never but gotten I just, a straight answer you know? from, from Clout as far as from a classic retweet being uh, considered a mention versus an official retweet and what the difference, you know, score-wise or point-wise in your score or whatever. Ultimately, it comes down to, though, that regard if, if you're a jerk online but have a high Clout score, your reputation is going to be more about how you treat others. Right. That's what trumps everything else, so... Exactly. And by the way, we just hit the 10 minute mark. I'm going to go ahead and set a timer for about five, 10 more minutes or actually five more minutes here, Eric. Uh, So let's go ahead and get right into what are these five tips? How can we create content um, on Twitter that will have an impact on other people so much so that they feel that these ideas are worth spreading further beyond uh, our reach to that individual themselves. Okay. Number one, which you need to use sparingly, but works is ask. Oh, just ask. Yeah. Oh, wow. That, boy, that, that brings up, <laughs> that brings up a couple, I uh, know painful Doesn't, things. I, I get, yes. I get a couple of those. And, and of course that, that exercises this muscle that I have needed to exercise quite a bit lately. And that's the, using this word no as a response. Yes. Because I do get a lot of those. It's like, Cliff, can, now, you, can you retweet this? And I'm like, no. And what I'm actually referring to is to actually ask in the tweet. And I don't mean to add, like, I'm not saying private DM to Cliff. Oh. Hey, tweet. Hey, Cl- hey, Cliff, I have a really important tweet I'm about to tweet. Would you mind retweeting it? What I'm taught, which I, to, to be honest, I, in it one time in maybe a year or two, I would I would actually consider asking you that, but only because of our relationship. Yeah. Well, only on the strength of the relationship would I even do it and even then rarely if at all. Well, here here's my thing. If my my thinking about this is that if you have to ask, will you retweet this? It kind of defeats the purpose of the of the retweet. It's like Is it really worth retweeting? Exactly. If you have to ask. I mean, if you have to ask, then then certainly you don't trust that what you said is valuable enough that I'm immediately going to see it and say, "Oh, this needs to be shared." 
And right. So, and that and and that's why, by the way, if you see a retweet from me, it means something because it wasn't because somebody asked me. It was because I think it's pretty darn important. I saw it and right. I'm like, whoa, I'm going to share this. Yeah. I'm going to use one of my tweets of the day, you know, a little bit of the attention grabbing t- of your attention. Uh, and, and I'm going to use it to promote something else. And that's that's that carries a lot of weight. But here's the deal. I, I like what you're saying here. You actually saying, hey, you know, if you wouldn't mind it, today's the final day for the podcast awards. If you could nominate our shows, here's the link. And if you would like, feel free to retweet. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, that that is I love that idea. And if, if you use that card sparingly. Yes, it works. Exactly. That I, I'm more apt to say you and ask for the retweet within the original tweet if it's something that makes sense and again using sparingly okay good enough all right what's the second one thank those who retweet you absolutely now this is this if you get a lot of retweets this is something that's going to be hard to do i know for me it can be this is something i actually need to i confess i need to work on but i think it goes a long way where someone feels like you they 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 are already following you they already think your content has value they're already passing it on because they're retweeting you thank them yeah and it's in, social media thank them they are a person and you are too thank them in social media and potentially at the end of your show have a little blurb hey i just want to say thank you to uh, the following eight people i sent out a message last week and eric fisher andy Traub, michael stelsner michael hyatt and, uh, you know, Father Roderick all retweeted that. I just want to say thank you for helping me get the word out. Yeah. That boy, you, you share that at the end of your podcast and people are like, wow, I, I'm going to, you know, I'm, people get recognized and mentioned and that's good stuff. And put it in your show notes even. That's an idea. Yep. Number three. Yeah. Number three, promote others. In other words, retweet others who have retweetable content. Yep. Absolutely. And attribute it to them. Don't just tweet out their headline to their blog post or their podcast and not mention who they are. Like literally, it'd be best for me to do, and I do this every week, um, hey, great episode where Cliff and I talk about five best tips to get retweets, you know, and after Cliff, I would put at GSPN. So you'd know that I mentioned you. And I see that all the time. And by the way, Eric, thank you for that. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. Number four. Repeat your best tweets. Ooh, yee. Now, this isn't. This one not, could be a sore thumb. Tell me what you mean by that. By repeat, I don't mean tweet the exact same tweet over and over and over again. I mean reword it. Like so, for example, this week I tweeted out that I had a, an interview with Dan Miller. Well, not only did I tweet that initially saying, "Hey, the episode's out," but then later I took a quote from Dan from the episode. And just tweeted that quote with his name and his Twitter handle and a link to the episode. Right. And then I did another one and then I had, you know, another rephrased, hey, listen to, you know, and I spaced them out. Yeah, those those I see. As a matter of fact, and I see you doing that. And of course, now that I'm following a whole lot less people, I'm seeing those things over and over and over again. It's, It's not bothered me. Um after we're finished with the list, I do want to talk about something that really bothers me. It's not something you do. There are two people that I still follow that um, that that it that bothers me greatly. Um, but uh, I, I see where you're coming from. I would certainly suggest, you know, maybe spacing those out a little bit further. Maybe, you know, kind of make sure that it's, I, I don't know. In my own opinion, I think that... You, you, 
kind of mix up the message, you know, go. I, one of the things you have now, Eric, is you have so many episodes that right. you could start kind of repeating tweets from like a month ago or even two months ago and and letting your tweets that are similar but uh are you know kind of rehashing the same thing but come back you know two weeks later or a week later or even four days later rather than sometimes i think i've seen where you'll tweet something today at like 10 a.m but tomorrow at 3 p.m and then the next day at 11 a.m and what happens is and you yes you're great you have extra tweets in between and stuff like that but i do see a little bit of repetitiveness mm-hmm. that's in, something and to be honest that's what i'm working on with this is is trying to figure out how to best retweet the same st- tweet the same stuff but tweet it where it's not the same stuff and 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 i think you could probably greatly improve upon that by saying you know what i won't tweet the same material kind of set a deadline it's like you know i will never repeat mm-hmm. the same material within four days of each other yeah you know because you've got so much material that you could do but schedule that stuff out further and that way it's like oh yeah oh you know what i meant to go and listen to that episode mm-hmm. whereas it's like oh wow there's been three mentions of the dan miller episode within the last three days and i'm like yes i listened to it <laughs> you know I'm, I'm you know what i'm saying i i don't mean to no i totally get what you're I'm saying no it's like, not that's where that's where because you're like I said you're one of you know less than a hundred people that I follow and I'm seeing those come through and I, I think it's great that you're promoting and, and you're doing an excellent job matter of fact it's about uh, how to strike a balance between you have this brand new thing that you really are proud of yet don't slam people over the head with it well and the, and the thing is and it, it is working because the other day you tweeted about Dan Miller um the dan miller interview and i clicked through the twitter link opened up your site in my browser and clicked play and listened to the entire interview through the html5 player before i actually opened up podcast casts for the next time to let it download that episode yeah so i i listened to it right on the spot so i mean you're you're doing some amazing stuff out there so and and that tweet did work for me that time but I would imagine that, you know, I'm going to see some more tweets to the Dan Miller material and it wouldn't bother me as much if it was, you know, f- spread apart four or five days. But if over the next three days I see a lot of Dan Miller ones, it's like, wow, OK, I've got that. OK, I got that. And I'm I'm just concerned that in, at some point I look and I see your profile picture and I immediately start skipping over and not really paying attention to what you're tweeting because it's like, oh, it's always the same. Oh, yeah, that's that's the real danger there. So. That was number four. What's number five? Number five is tweet at the right times. Okay. And so that is good. Are, Tell how, how do we find out what is the right time? There are a number of tools out there. Um, we've mentioned Social Bro before and also Twiriad. Twiriad is the worst named social it, networking it really tool is. out there. It, it really, really is. However, I mean, it, in, in its new ownership, it seems to work a little bit better than it used to. So... You can run a report for free. It will analyze your Twitter following, meaning the people who are following you, and see when they've tweeted the most or retweeted you the most, and then give you those times so that you can kind of analyze and spread out your tweets to where they seem to be on the most. Exactly. And the, and see the, them. And the, here's the deal. The thing is, though, is that we, you know, you and I are both on the East Coast. The folks in California are on the West Coast. They're three hours behind us. We have a lot of European listeners that are five, six, seven hours ahead of us. 
And and it's it's tough to hit all of those people in their prime times. And of course, one of the options is to repeat the same, you know, go to option number four, repeat the same tweet, kind of reword it, but put it out at different times within the day. And then I think you get back into kind of what I was talking about before. It's like, well, listen, I follow you and I got it all six times in the last two days. Because I am I'm at a place now where I'm able to follow. I'm able to scroll down and see everything that everybody has posted over the last 12 hours. Yeah, that's just through a quick scroll. Now, here's the thing. Am I an edge case? Yes. Am am I a basket case? Maybe. (laughs) But uh, you certainly there, there are some things to think about when you when you get out there and you start re hashing that same content but still um yeah posting at the finding what are those optimal times is is a great tool uh to kind of say you know what instead of putting this out at you know oh i just came up with this amazing thought it's three o'clock in the morning on the east coast well (laughs) it's it's midnight everybody's in bed on the west coast it's three o'clock in the morning your time just setting that out right now is not maybe the best optimal time and you might think, well, maybe 9 a.m. It's 9 a.m. Everybody's going to work. Well, is everyone going to work or are some people still asleep on the West Coast? And these tools will allow you to find out based upon your previous interaction, what has got you the most interaction in the past? Yeah. So I like that. So five great tools. I'll tell you, we're we're way over what I thought it was going to be, but that's okay. <laughs> we always do that because it's great conversation. Here's I would love to share with you. My biggest pet peeve right now. Go. It is my big and and I'm trying to find a way to do it because I don't want to out the two people who are on my timeline that do this all the time. And they each use their own unique way of doing this. But um, let's let me come up with a phrase. Um, Here's one from the archives. Okay, so let's just say that that's the standard message that I give you. So here's one from the archives colon and then it's a you know it's a title and a link back to an old post that i did here's one from the archives colon space title link to a post here's one from the archives you know and basically what i hear when i read that is here's some really old content please consider looking at it if you didn't see it in the past here's some really old content that i'm repurposing for today's tweet Here's some really old content that I'm repurposing for. Here's some really old content that basically I didn't come up with anything new, but here's some really old content. It's over and over and over again. Three, five, seven times a day, every single day. Here's one from the archives. Title, link to post. Here's one for the archives. And are there tweets in between? Yes. But are there times when the last eight tweets are, here's one from the archives, title, link to post. <laughs> it's, it's just over and, and, and it seems like it's all super automated. Like, the, you know, they're using the buffer system and they're buffering five times a day, every day. And they've probably got the next 90 days buffered out. <laughs> I mean, that's what it looks like. And all I'm saying is that I am not opposed to... Pulling stuff from the archives, putting a title out there, mixing it up a bit, and putting a link to an old post. Nothing wrong with it. Just drop the message in the beginning that says, here's an old, here's something old from the archives. That's all I'm saying. It's just drop that. Drop that language that says, 
here's an old one because immediately the first thing I hear when I first it's like this is old stuff. It's like it doesn't you don't have to you don't have to preface it. Just say here's a just come up with like kind of what you were saying before, take an old tweet, retool it just a little bit differently and put a link. Maybe you've maybe that was a year ago when you posted it, maybe it was 7 months ago. If you think it's worthwhile for us to read today, don't tell me that it's an old archaic post that you did nine months ago. I don't need to know that. But so basically what I'm saying, I'm seeing the same words over and over and over again. Here's an old one from the archives. Here's an old one from the archives. Do you ever do anything new? <laughs> you know, I mean, that that's what I'm getting. And um, it, it, it's just gotten to the point where it's just like, I see that over and over again. And I want to unfollow these two people because I just don't like reading those two those phrases over and over again yeah i've seen that happen and i'm wondering if there's a good way well you just gave a good way to do that so yeah i mean just what what's the title of the post and the link to it i mean if you're not i mean obviously you don't want to relink every single day to the same posts and this and this these people are not they are going through their archives and they're finding their most valuable content and they're relinking to it again and they're scheduling those apart from each other. And I think that's a wonderful thing. I think we, sh- if we're creating evergreen content, then let's put it out there. But don't. You, but here's the thing: you don't have to start off your tweet with "Here's some evergreen content that I care that I created eight months ago." Just here's a content I created. Here's a link to it. Yeah. And and when you and, and it's kind of and, and there's another thing I see, and I don't read a ton of blogs. But there is one phrase that immediately tunes me out is as soon as I open up a blog and because I do have an RSS reader and I actually am subscribed to a handful of blogs, most of them tech news sites, but I have a couple personal blogs, Um, friends of mine, Dan Miller, Michael Hyatt, Pat Flynn, things like that. And I will tell you the very first thing that, that will immediately get me to stop reading your blog is this is a guest post. The fir- if the first words in the post are, this is a guest post, I immediately stop reading. Now, the thing is, though, is would I want to read a post and then later find out that it was a guest post? No. The thing is, is I'm subscribed to hear what you have to say, not what somebody else has to say. And so I'd prefer not to see any guest posts, but that's neither here nor there. But the thing is, is it's, it's, a, it's funny how certain catchphrases just annoy me. Yep. I don't know. But anyway... <laughs> Just little cliff, cliffisms, I guess. <laughs> of course, here's the deal. If you want to, feel free to go into the comment section and say, Cliff, let me tell you all the ways you annoy me. And I'm sure there'll be no end to that. <laughs> It'll be the most heavily commented uh, episode show notes uh, ever out there. But uh, here's one from the archive in your Twitter tweets every single day of the week, every, several times a day. That one, that's a little personal pet peeve of mine. Anyway, Eric retweets. We need to find some way to like create an active link to this episode and get as many retweets as possible. All right. How how about that? You know what? Classic retweets. You know what? There's there is a there is a great way to create a retweet. I'll give a, a, a bonus sixth way to get a retweet, and that is to create a tweet, put it in your blog post. And make it easy for people with one click of the button to immediately retweet what you've got in that post. And isn't there a service that does that? Is it like click to tweet or something? Yes. 
Yes. Clicktotweet.com. Go check it out. Clicktotweet.com. Create your own tweet and people can just retweet it right from there. Awesome. Eric, anything else? That's it. Well, thank you, sir. And uh, where can people find you online? Tell us about your podcast, where they can find that and how they can find you on Twitter so they can retweet you. Start with Twitter. Go twitter.com. Eric with a K, letter J, F-I-S-H-E-R. And the podcast is beyondthetodolist.com where, yes, I will repeat it. I had a really awesome interview with Dan Miller this past week and I'm actually giving away his book. So go check it out. Awesome. And that is at Beyond the to-do list.com forward slash Dan Miller. And this is an awesome interview. Loved it. Thanks a lot, Eric. Thank you. All right, my friends, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Podcast Answer Man. Oh my goodness, I know. Longer episode than normal, but hey, we're off next week. Don't forget that. Uh, we are going to be, ta- I'm going to be taking a week off and uh, going to miss you guys, but I'm going to have a great time at the Speak It Forward conference. Um, make sure that uh, you go over to podcastanswerman.com get signed up for New Media Expo Uh, again I'll have the affiliate link over there you'll see a big banner image that says blog or New Media Expo you can click here to register or whatever that'll take you right there where you can get signed up right away also want to say thank you to those of you who have used my Bluehost affiliate link you can find that at uh, podcastanswerman.com slash hosting You can find it on my resources page um, and you can find it probably in the sidebar somewhere on podcastanswerman.com. But anyway, I want to say thank you to irishfootballnation.com. That's irishfootballnation.com. And the other domain that was signed up using my affiliate code this week is christianfamilyworld.com christianfamilyworld.com irishfootballnation.com for those of you who are behind those domains thank you so much I get a very very generous commission from Bluehost when you go through my affiliate link I get an immediate notification and it just makes it, it puts a smile on my face so if you guys are out there looking for new hosting for your podcast for your blog um just go check it out. And uh, podcastanswerman.com slash hosting is all of my thoughts on web hosting. Reminder uh, to also check out BNH Photo. If you are looking for equipment for your podcast to take your show to the next level, uh, obviously I have an entire list of the equipment that I use over at podcastanswerman.com slash equipment. Uh, You could buy my entire package, but if you don't want to, individually down below the packages are the listed pieces of equipment. And of course, each of those links are affiliate links to B&H Photo. If you want to, if you just want to search for your own equipment, maybe you want to buy something different than what I have listed, there's a banner for B&H Photo on the right-hand side of my website. And if you click through the banner for B&H Photo, it will take you directly to the B&H site. Anything you purchase within 24 hours of clicking my link, I also get a very nice commission on that. So thank you all so much. That is going to wrap it up for this episode. I can't tell you how much I love this community. Every single week, I'm blown away by the feedback that I get from you. Thank you for it all. If you want to call in for a future show, ask your questions, do that today. Uh, we'll build them up over the next two weeks, but it's area code 859 795 
4067. The feedback hotline open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 859-795-4067. God bless you all. I'll talk to you soon. Until next time, take all that you do to the next level.